Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 349. Be prepared to be lucky. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Merrill Powell. Merrill, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I certainly am. Awesome. It's great to have you here. Merrill Powell was a fiberglass pioneer at Victor's Manufacturing in the 1950s. The company was founded by Doc Boy Smith in 1952 when the first Victor's S1A sports car rolled onto the streets of Southern California. In 1953, Merrill joined the company, and until Victor's Manufacturing was sold in 1961, they accomplished more than any of their competition at the time. Past Cars yeah guest Jeff Hacker of Forgotten Fiberglass introduced me to Merrill, and I'm honored to share his time designing and building the Victor's with you, the Cars yeah listeners. There'll be a 1953 Victor's S1A Roadster on the Meckham auction block this October in Chicago. So, Merrill, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your time building the Victor's motor car and, of course, your passion for automobiles before we get into the questions? Okay. Well, I, I became a car uh, enthusiast rather late uh, uh, in life. Uh, uh, I didn't grow up in Southern California. I was a St. Louisan, and I learned to drive at 16 in my grandfather's 1935 Oldsmobile and didn't really become a car guy until uh, I was uh, about 21 or 22. Um, I was uh, uh, introduced to uh, sport cars uh, when I was in the Air Force. I joined a car club. I had a uh, a 1952 Oldsmobile, uh, hardly a, a sport car, and uh, but but became interested in sports cars after uh, the service. Uh, uh, by accident, I got into Art Center, and uh, through uh, uh, Hugh Jorgensen, a fellow student, I met Doc Boysmith, uh, uh, who uh, uh, had started Victus and. A few months later, uh, became a partner in the company. After we sold in 61, I went off into aerospace, became a human factors engineer, and uh, was in that business uh, until I retired. Wow. Well, 
Very, very cool. And we're going to learn a lot more about Victorus to educate those in our listeners, listening audience that are not real familiar with the car. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today was in about a week at Mecham Auctions, they're going to sell a 1953 Victorus, which I mentioned at the beginning. It's the first time one of these has come up for sale in a really long time. And as we talk a little bit more, we're going to get some excitement going out there for people that aren't familiar with this car to learn a lot more about it. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. Asking my guest, is there a saying or some type of a mantra in your life that has some meaning? It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Merrill, take the wheel. Well, I, I guess I have a couple um, pretty much taken from uh, uh, the Boy Scouts. Do your best and be prepared. (laughs) I love that one. Let me ask you a little bit before we move on to the next question. How have you incorporated that into your career and into your life? Well, I've just always been pretty close to being a perfectionist. And uh, I've always felt that uh, uh, it's uh, best to do things right the first time rather than have to go back and and redo them. So... uh, uh, you know, I, w- I was trained uh, as, a, as a very young boy uh, to work with my hands and to do things uh, 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 high tolerance, uh, and uh, and so no matter what I've uh, uh, done in life, uh, I've always tried to do the, the very best uh, that I could possibly could. And uh, sometimes uh, I've done a lot better than uh, circumstances really required, but uh, it's always paid off for me. Uh, it sounds like it has. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about this car passion came a little bit later in your life and you were, you know, 20, 21, around there. But is there a pivotal moment when something clicked in your head and you went, you know what, I am a car guy? <laughs> Well, I uh, I think it uh, it was uh, when uh, I was in uh, a sports car club uh, in San Antonio, uh, mostly made up of Air Force uh, personnel and uh, and a few local civilians, and uh, uh, one of the guys uh, showed me a magazine article uh, about uh, Bill Tritt uh, of Glass Bar, who uh, had uh, built the. Uh, uh, the Glass Bar G2, or actually probably the first car uh, was uh, uh, done uh, uh, for an Air Force uh, major. And uh, I thought, oh, fiberglass car bodies, how neat. I'd like to do that. Mm. So anyway, that sparked the first interest, and uh, I didn't act on it. Uh, it more or less acted on me, <laughs> uh, but sometime later. So... Uh, Anyway, that that was sort of the uh, the trigger moment. Well, you know, this is a good segue into uh, you sharing a little bit about the Victors because that's a fiberglass automobile body that's put on another chassis, uses an engine. I think you guys were using maybe Hemi engines in these cars. But before I talk a little bit about this next question, could you explain how you got involved with the design and building the fiberglass body for these Victorses? 
after I got out of the Air Force, and not uh, I, I had a degree in psychology from Baylor University, but uh, I uh, during the, uh, my two years on active duty, I realized that I had no interest in psychology, and it developed this new interest in uh, automobiles. And uh, my uh, uh, parents suggested that uh, uh, if I was interested in car design, that I go down and apply to Art Center. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's Art Center? <laughs> and they said, oh, it's, it's just the foremost automotive uh, design school uh, in the country. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. So I went down and uh, uh, talked to them, and uh, they said, well, uh, why don't you bring in your portfolio? I said, what's a portfolio? <laughs> yeah, what's that? Uh, well, it's, uh, it, it's uh, a, 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 a bunch of your... Uh, uh, automotive renderings. Uh, what's a rendering? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, a drawing. Oh, I don't know how to draw. So uh, they sent me uh, home uh, and said, uh, uh, get some uh, art paper and draw a picture of something. Draw a picture of your car. So I did. I drew a picture of my car. It was a horrible picture. Uh, I still have it. Uh, <laughs> but I also took down some three-dimensional objects, a ship model, some ceramics, and so on, because I was very good with my hands. Mm. I couldn't draw a lick and still can't, but uh, I've always been very good with my hands and doing three-dimensional work. So on the strength of that and my GI Bill, uh, I was accepted to Art Center, much to my surprise. So uh, at, uh, at Art Center, uh, I met Hugh Jorgensen, who had transferred over from UCLA, uh, where he had, uh, and Doc were fraternity brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, found that uh, uh, Hugh and I ran into each other, found this mutual interest, and uh, uh, Hugh and Doc had designed the first Victress, the S1, and uh, were very excited because uh, uh, a vicarious bodied car had just let, set a land speed record at Bonneville uh, at 203.105 miles an hour. That's wow. the special, which is, by the way, is owned by uh, uh, some nice people in Indiana right now. It's a beautiful car. Mm. Also, a vicarious said. Uh, just been one of the car stars of a new movie, Johnny Dark, which was about to be released. Uh, again, this was in the fall of 53, mm-hmm. uh, when I entered Art Center. And uh, the movie had just been filmed, it was about to be released. Starred Tony Curtis and Piper Laurie, and uh, I think Don, Don Johnson, I think was the name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a uh, very nice uh, movie about uh, race cars, and uh, it had a number of uh, fiberglass cars in it, a glass bar, a wood hill, uh, a Victress, and then several other one-of-a-kind uh, race cars. Very cool. I love this. I love this. Well, fun things. Well, let's move forward. I would love to get under the hood and talk a little bit about a challenge that you faced along the way, some kind of big challenge in your career. It could be something, hopefully something you were doing with the Victor's Motor Cars. How did you overcome that situation, and what did it teach you? What did you learn from it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, the challenge was starting out, I... Uh, when when uh, Hugh introduced me to Doc in the fall of '53, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Doc and uh, one or two part-time employees 
demo, which was just going on. And uh, they actually laid up a car body uh, in in the uh, in the Motorama, the the uh, uh, big car show, which was held at the Pan Pacific Auditorium there in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, right afterwards, uh, Hugh took me uh, out to the shop. I met Doc, and I started hanging out there after school and on weekends uh, as free labor, uh, learning about fiberglass. And also, the Doc and Hugh were just getting ready to uh, do the uh, the full scale uh, plug for their second fiberglass car, which uh, was designated as the S4. I don't know why it skipped from one to four. <laughs> At any rate, so I became involved there and uh, became a, uh, a, a part-time modeler. And uh, over the next few months, uh, Doc and I became friends. Uh, he needed a, an infusion of uh, money uh, because he, he was really operating on a shoestring and actually living in the office of this uh, rented space in an industrial area. Uh-huh. So uh, I borrowed some money from uh, my uh, grandparents and uh, bought into the company as a uh, 49% owner and became vice president. We incorporated, uh, it, had had, it had been called the Boysmith Company, Doc's name, uh-huh. and uh, so it was in, we incorporated as Victor's Manufacturing so uh, uh, by that, that time, I'm in the spring semester there at Art Center and spending so much time out at the shop that my uh, uh, studies were uh, starting to suffer a little bit, and uh, it became obvious that I couldn't ride two horses at once. <laughs> so uh, of necessity, I uh, dropped out of Art Center. Uh, and incidentally, I think had I remained at Art Center, it, it, I would have been a, become a, a clay modeler uh, because uh, I, I think uh, again the three dimensional thing worked for, far better for me than, yeah, uh, yeah. than the two dimension. Uh, and I did occasionally go back to art center and and take another class or two in the evenings mm-hmm. over the years. I see. Well, wow. Well, definitely a challenging time trying to decide between continuing your career or your business, if you will. But uh, those of us who love the Victors are certainly happy that you did what you did and went on to create more of those cars. Let's shift gears here, Merrill, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story when you had what I call an aha moment in your career, when those headlights came on and illuminated your way for this new idea or this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into a success. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that I took any steps. The aha moment, I think, really was when I uh, saw that magazine article uh, uh, about Bill Tritt and Glasspar. Ah. But I didn't really do anything to make that happen, uh, strangely enough. Get, uh, when I got out of the service, I uh, uh, went back to Los Angeles, uh, where we'd moved uh, from St. Louis, and... Uh, uh, my, I lived with my grandmother, who was becoming uh, uh, aged and uh, enfeebled, and uh, really, uh, my, my parents really needed my help there taking care of her. Mm-hmm. That was in the San Fernando Valley, uh, 50 miles or more from Bill Tritt's operation uh, down in Costa Mesa. And so uh, 
I, you know, I couldn't do the logical thing and follow up and try to get a job with Bill. That was when I, uh, uh, when uh, it was suggested uh, that I uh, uh, apply at Art Center, and uh, then just uh, by happenstance, I wound up. Uh, in the fiberglass business that I really wanted to get into. <laughs> you know, it's really funny how life takes us down some many roads and many twists and turns, and sometimes we never know where we're going to end up. But uh, again, we're all glad you ended up on the right path, the right journey where you did. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many throughout your life. You're 85 years young today, and uh, you've been around the block a few times. So is there one particular moment in your career, a proud moment that you can share with us? Well, it's a strange one because it was 45 years after we sold Victrus. Mm. And that moment was when I received the phone call of September 19th of 2006, I believe, from a, a college professor in Florida, Jeff Hacker. <laughs> yes. So that proud moment was when Jeff informed me, well, he, he said, are you the Merrill Powell who was involved with Victor's uh, sports cars? Yes. <laughs> okay, well, he introduced himself as a college professor uh, and writing a book about uh, fiberglass cars of the 50s and so on. And in anyway, that proud moment was when I found out that there was still, 45 years later, an interest in Victor's sports cars, and that people collected them, and that, that there was a racing circuit for uh, them, and a world that I didn't even know existed, Jeff introduced me to, and, and so I, I could say that was the proudest moment. You know, I would think so. What a fun phone call to get, and Jeff's been a guest here on Cars, yeah, ForgottenFiberglass.com is his website, books he's produced. I got to talk with him and meet him face-to-face, even though he'd been on my show this past August while I was down at Pebble Beach during the Concours. He was on the field with a car. Great guy. Of course, he introduced you and I. Very proud indeed. Isn't it funny how history can come back and relive itself in our lives? Let's have a little bit of fun here, Merrill. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory you have with that car. Well, the most special car I've ever owned was a Porsche 356C, 1965 car. Cool. It was driving a, a, a 190SL Mercedes, and I got a phone call uh, from a friend, uh, well, actually from Doc, who said, you want to go to Europe? And I said, sure, what's up? And he said, well, uh, a mutual friend uh, who was president of the four-cylinder club of America was putting together a charter flight to Europe, and uh, people were, were buying cars and going over there and taking uh, uh, delivery at the factory. Mm. And so with that opportunity, and, and I was celebrating a divorce at the time, I uh, ordered a, uh, uh, a 356C, and some six months later, I uh, flew over to Europe and took delivery of it and drove around uh, uh, Europe uh, for three weeks, uh, delivered the car uh, to the port at Hamburg, and it was uh, shipped back. Then, then we flew back. So uh, that was really the most special 
car that uh, I've ever owned, I think. Oh, fantastic. Plus, taking delivery in Europe and getting to drive it around Europe for three weeks. What a wonderful opportunity. That's marvelous. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage today? The same car. The same (laughs) car. I kind of thought you were going to say that. And I did drive it for eight years before I sold it. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. Well, and you mentioned you were driving a 190SL before, so you sounds like you've had a a few cool cars in your life, but uh, I love Porsches as well, so the 356 has a special place in my heart. How about current projects? Is there anything you're doing today? I know you're retired, uh, but is there something you're doing today that really has you excited and fired up? Well, uh, for one thing, I'm doing everything I can to help uh, Jeff Hacker in the support of uh, Forgotten Fiberglass. Awesome. And I've been uh, invited to uh, participate at several concours, uh, like uh, Pebble Beach, where we met, although there was no Victus there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been to uh, several concours, Bermuda uh, Island three times, where Victuses were being shown. And I've participated in uh, discussions uh, about uh, the era and uh, the fiberglass uh, business. Uh, we didn't sell kit cars back then. They were more components. Kits became developed uh, uh, later by uh, some of our uh, successors and competitors. Sure. Supporting for forgotten fiberglass is, is one thing. Uh, another uh, is that several years ago, Jeff said that uh, I should own one of my own cars. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm much too busy. Uh, I've never owned a Victorus. He said, yes, but you, you designed the C2 and the C3. You should own one. <laughs> so uh, he persuaded me to buy a, uh, a, a partially completed car, which he located and negotiated for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, my wife and I acquired it and uh, then decided that it, at my age and, and uh, the condition of the car, uh, which was excellent but uh, unfinished, that I should have a car that had been a completed running car and uh, uh, needed restoration. So, again, uh, Jeff located a car for me, and uh, we acquired it. So now, lo and behold, we've got two Vicuses. At, at our home in Flagstaff at the time. Well, subsequently, conditions required that uh, we move down to Mesa, where, uh, partially because of my wife's health, she couldn't handle the high altitude, and uh, and the fact that our son was a single dad and needed uh, our support. Mm-hmm. So we moved down, and consequently, I, I have the two cars sitting in the backyard, and uh, really need to sell one to put the money into the more complete one. That's the other <laughs> the other uh, project. Yeah, well, I have a feeling maybe Jeff can help you with that. He has a way of finding cars, buying, selling cars. And uh, when you and I spoke down on the lawn at Pebble Beach, it was a, a great thrill to get to talk to you and, and see the sparkle in your eyes when you talked about these cars uh, in your past. It's been wonderful. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Merrill. If you were a car, what kind of car would Merrill be, and why? <laughs> That's very interesting, and I had to think long and hard about that. Uh, it's a car that very few people have uh, been acquainted with. 
It was called the Le Mans Coupe, oh. and it was a car that was, uh, the, the idea was uh, generated by John Bond uh, of Road and Track back uh, in the uh, 50s, when he said that uh, Americans should create a, a, a car for the Le Mans, famous Le Mans race, and put out a request for designs for what could be a winning car. Mm-hmm. The body design was uh, created as a result of that challenge by Strutter McMinn, who was uh, uh, an instructor of mine at Art Center. And uh, Mac designed this beautiful, beautiful car, and uh, a number of kids, uh, young men uh, around the L.A. area, and I think possibly other places in the country, decided that they would build the coupe body. One of our employees, Alton Johnson, who had uh, been a uh, student at Art Center and until uh, his, his money ran out, he and a couple other guys built uh, uh, the plug uh, for the Le Mans Coupe. McMinn uh, came out and gave them a lot of advice, and Alton built the only, as far as I know, the only uh, Le Mans Coupe that was ever uh, finished. Mm. And he built it there in our shop at Victor's uh, on his off hours. That car appeared on magazine covers and uh, uh, was, uh, you know, had uh, several articles written about it. And anyway, if I were a car, I, I, I think I would want to be that car. It, when I look at the pictures, uh, I still get uh, uh, goosebumps. <laughs> uh, it's such a, such a gorgeous design. It, it just speaks of agility and power. And uh, it's just uh, a uh, terrific-looking automobile. Fantastic. A Le Mans Coupe. I love that. So Merrill up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah! sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CarsYa.com sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power, 
and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Merrill, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? You know, I'm going to give you a really strange answer because it was a piece of advice that my partner, Doc, gave me about uh, the art of driving. It has stuck with me over my lifetime. I think about it almost every time I drive a car Hmm. uh, because it had to do with a steering. And it, it came, I think, principally from truck driving uh, because of the p- position of the steering wheel, mm-hmm. which is more horizontal than it is in, in uh, modern automobiles. What Doc said was that instead of pulling on the wheel to steer, you have a more control by pushing because as you thrust the wheel forward in making a turn, you're pushing against the back of the seat. So this solid surface to provide you with better control, if you're pulling only on the wheel, you, you actually have a tendency to pull the body away from the seat back slightly. Now, mm. I'm exaggerating, of course, mm-hmm. but that is really true uh, if you think about it in, uh, a- as you steer a car. So it's wise to... Keep your hands on that famous uh, 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock position so that you can, in addition to pulling with one hand, you can push uh, with the other, and that's going to give you better control. And, of course, when you think about it, it, it it's a minor thing at, at low speeds uh, on city driving, but if you had to do some uh, serious maneuvering at high speeds, it, that would uh, more come into play. There you go. Thank you, Doc. It was a strange one. (laughs) Yeah, that was unique. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Probably curiosity. I'm inquisitive about a lot of things. Very good. And uh, uh, I I don't have a tendency to take things for granted. I look for uh, challenges uh, because I like to find solutions. There you go. I love that. How about a resource? Is there one in particular you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? Forgotten Fiberglass. (laughs) I kind of thought you'd say that. There you go, Jeff. There's a shout-out for Jeff Hacker (laughs) and ForgottenFiberglass.com. Now, is there one book in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy reading? Not one book, but a series. Hmm. The Barn Fine series. The Barn Fine series. Okay. And the, the author? Tom Carter. Of course. Tom Carter's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, I knew that. 
Yes, those books are great. Tom's done a wonderful job with those books. Uh, Great read for everybody. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to these great resources Merrill has been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just type Merrill, M-E-R-R-I-L-L, into the search bar, and his show notes page will pop up. And there's also a great place on the website, Guest Recommended Books, where these books and all the other books that the past guests have recommended on Cars yeah, can be found very quickly. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to write the check. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Well, it would be a BMW 507. Oh, very interesting. Very cool. Now, what is it about the 507 you love so much? I'm not sure. I, I When I saw that car, uh, it just uh, it just grabbed me. It, uh, it it's, a, it's a beautiful uh, roadster, although I think, I think he also did a hardtop version of that. All, all that goats uh, uh, was the designer. Yes. And uh, a... Uh, a German or Austrian who became an American citizen. Anyway, uh, it's just a lovely car. Uh, it, it's uh, uh, a great touring car. Uh, it just uh, evokes uh, power and agility, and it, it's just it's just lovely. And uh, I, I would I would drive that as a daily driver and keep it forever. It's a beautiful car. Now, what color would you like yours in? Maybe a metallic blue. Okay, <laughs> or, good. Or possibly a Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are pretty rare cars. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit to find you one of those, but I'll do my best. Uh, but the great choice, great choice. Beautiful, beautiful cars. Merrill, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would and really enjoyed talking to you a little bit more and learning more about the Victress and in your life and your passion for cars. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that BMW 507? <laughs> well, I have been tremendously lucky throughout my life, as I've already related. A lot of coincidences, a lot of things that have positive things that have happened to me. So uh, luck is something that, that we all need. But uh, <laughs> I would, uh, I would say... Be prepared to be lucky. Uh, learn, study, develop skills so that when opportunities arise, uh, you're prepared to uh, uh, take advantage of them. You know, I always say something about luck. That's when preparation and opportunity collide into each other, and you put that very well. Great advice. And I know that uh, the best way for our listeners to learn more about Victorious and your involvement are a couple ways. Uh, probably to go to ForgottenFiberglass.com. I think that's the best place for our listeners to find out more about the Victorious. Uh, Jeff Hacker has written about it. And I'll remind our listeners that upcoming here on the 10th through the 13th at Meekum Auctions in Chicago, a Victorious is going to go on the block. So get your paddles out, raise them high. And uh, if you can't bid on that car, at least log in and learn a little bit more about it. And again, listeners, you can find links to everything Merrill shared with us today at carsyad.com slash Merrill Powell. 
Meryl, thank you again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.